Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of AMRAs and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody. Welcome back again to the Talkbuster podcast. And when you hear the word Talkbuster, you go, hey, Blockbuster. Oh, it's just a couple of guys talking about something that's dead and no longer here. Untrue. Those of you that have listened to this show religiously know that the Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon still stands the last on the planet. And I'm just going to say today that this episode is brought to you by them. So go to bendblockbuster.com or go to the Facebook page, Instagram, Blockbuster Bend. Check them out. And if you're in the Bend, Oregon area, stop into the store. Sandy, Ryan, and the rest of the crew are fantastic people. And um, I just hope they stay there forever is what I'm really hoping for. Um, Before I get into the show, I'd like to thank my $15 or more patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, and Mark Price, and my two newest patrons, Jeremy and Seth Decker. Seth Decker is actually the host of the Film Rescue podcast, which I'm going to be on in a couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. Um, and with that, I am welcoming back a, a guest from a previous episode that you guys may have heard, because we just had too many stories to cover in our amount of time, and I love guests like that. So reintroduce yourself to the world, sir. My name is Joshua Schaefer, and I worked at... The Bailey Road Blockbuster in Pittsburgh, California. And nice. other stuff. <laughs> and, and other stuff. You, I mean, you, you also do, you wrote a Disney book? Yes, I've written two books about Disneyland and uh, Disney movies. And um, I make Disney fantasy pins. Um, and then another side gig I have is I'm the public relations manager for Gina Rock, who is the longest flying Tinkerbell in Disneyland history. She flew for 21 and a half years across the castle for the fireworks show. So cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward cool. to getting a chance to talk to her someday because yes. that, that, that must be a fan an amazing story um, she's got a lot of stories to tell too well because she was yeah. in the circus for years before that so she has a lot of circus stories too oh boy and that, that's yeah. going to be a deep a deep dive of a show <laughs> i'm sure um <laughs> But but anyhow, um, you know, you had some more stories to tell, but you said your fantasy pins. I wanted to point people to uh, you sent me um, because you're just an awesome guy. Um, one of your 
one of your baby Yoda Mandalorian pins, and it is the coolest thing. And um, if you wanted to tell people on this, they've probably seen pictures of me sharing it. Um, Let them know where they could find that um, and your other stuff. That'd be cool. Okay. um, So the baby Yoda. So I started making fantasy pins back in 2016. And as soon as Mandalorian came out and baby Yoda showed up, I'm like, I need to do a pin for baby Yoda. But then everybody else started doing them too. And I was like, it's going to make mine different from the other ones. And I have the first one to have him holding a one-eyed frog. And it's an alien frog. It's not like a green frog like other people's have. And it's one-eyed. So <laughs> it sets it apart. Um, I did have it in my Etsy shop with all of my other pins. But um, uh, Lucasfilm sent a letter to Etsy. And all of Baby Yoda stuff got removed from Etsy. So it is only on eBay now. If people want it, they can just go to my website, disneyguy.org and i have direct links to where people can get each of my pins including this one it'll just take you to ebay cool and i'll make sure i put the disney guy link um back up with this one um actually with with both since you're you're, you know as of us talking day your first show hasn't aired yet so make sure you after I, i got a backlog and a half but that was a great episode um that happened in the past everybody yes it it happened I think it was the 20th of January and right yes. now we're on the 7th of February. So yeah. So yeah, this is, this has been a quick turnaround to get you back on. Um, it has. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just getting a call now from John Favreau. We have to refer to baby Yoda as the child. Oh, the child. You... Sorry. The child. <laughs> <laughs> I love that old Lucas home. You can't call it baby Yoda. It, it's, it's freaking baby Yoda guys. It's, it it's not yeah. baby Yoda, but it is baby Yoda. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because when it first came out and everybody's like, this is baby Yoda. And then it was arguments. Everybody's like, no, this baby's 50 years old. Yoda died 45 years ago or five years ago compared to the storyline. So the baby was 45 when Yoda died. And people are like, maybe it's Yaddle's baby. Nobody knows yet. Nobody knows yet. I love love Star Wars (laughs) because I've always been a – I'll watch Star Wars at face value kind of guy. I love the lore yeah. and I love thinking more into it. But when I consume something from it, I like to just take it as it is. And I love that they can't even let a show like The Mandalorian go by without all of this uh, fan theory. It's like, just yes. let the show exist for five minutes, guys. Just let it exist for five minutes. Well, I'm not, I'm not a picky movie person. So when it comes to like the Star Wars films, like I like them all. People, you know, throw a lot of shade at episode one through three, but like I didn't see anything wrong with it until the internet started pointing things out, and I'm like, but I I liked it, and this was you know, internet was fairly new back then, so it was kind of a self fulfilling prophecy, right? I I think the that yeah, okay, you know, Attack of the Clones has some pretty bad acting and writing in it, but it's still a pretty entertaining Star Wars movie, but that movie had an impossible hurdle to jump over because the internet had decided that star Wars movies suck now. Yeah. And, um, and that was an even bigger hurdle for the force awakens. That's why I, I like to shoot down this theory, you know, that, Oh, star Wars movies just aren't viable anymore. And Lucasfilm ruined it with Disney and all this, because a movie making $1.3 billion is still a damn good third movie in a series. Exactly. No movie is going to make the $2.8 billion that Force Awakens made because none of those two movies exist in a world where everyone thought Star Wars films were going to suck from now on. Exactly. You know? 
Yeah. Well, this is something that film companies have to deal with when they're doing series of movies that are all together from the same universe. You get a fan following and then people will start picking them apart versus standalone films where you just have you either like it or you don't. And then that's it. It ends. You know, there's you move on and you make a different movie. And this is why there are editions of books, right? You don't really get that with films unless you're George Lucas. Um, But, you know, Tolkien is one of the biggest thing, you know, he started putting piecing together and digging more from his Cimmerillion backstory. He wrote for the Lord of the Rings when fans started going, your character contradicted itself here. And you go, Oh, you're right. Yeah. Let me take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yep. and, uh, and I guess people, people want to own the things that they're fans of. I get that. But sometimes just, you know, if it makes you happy, great. If it doesn't make you happy, don't don't look for a reason for it to make you less happy or more happy. Just just enjoy it. But but anyway, bl- Blockbuster, you had some stories we didn't get to talk about. So I, I figured oh, I'd yeah. open both there. Yeah, I um I had quite a few other stories. Well, it's funny is after we talked, I started remembering stuff afterward. And it's stuff it's like, hey, tell me a story about Blockbuster. And I'm like, uh, and nothing comes – I can't think of anything right. It's like when people put me on the spot for a fun fact. Yeah, What's your favorite fun fact about that. Disneyland? <laughs> and you just can't uh, – I don't know. Let's start talking and then things will just come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, so one thing that stands out is I had gone to Disneyland dressed as Jack Sparrow back in 2007 when the third movie came out. And I was there with my ex-wife and uh, she was dressed as a pirate. I actually got kicked out of Disneyland. Because you're not allowed to dress as characters in there. But I didn't know it at the time. And it wasn't posted anywhere. It was like, it's on our website. And this was 2007. So there was no smartphone. So you had to look on your computer before you went to Disneyland. So I we took pictures and stuff. I had to take part of my costume off to be able to go into the park. But the reason why we dressed up was because it was the release of Pirates that night in downtown Disney at the AMC. So we uh, went down there and sat in the hallway and waited for a couple hours for the movie to start. So I got home and I was showing pictures to like my manager and stuff. And then that when that Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow, when Parts of the Caribbean came out on DVD, they called me and they're like, hey, why don't you come into work dressed as Jack Sparrow? And I had full-on costume. I had hair that I glued onto my my chin and the mustache. I had eyeliner on. My my ex-wife put eyeliner on me because I had never done it myself. We just – I looked like Jack Sparrow. And I went to work dressed as Jack Sparrow. So when people came in, they would see Jack Sparrow putting movies on the shelf. And I think I sent a picture of that to you. If not, I'll send it to you. You could probably put it up you in your should- show notes or whatever. You posted it to the Remembering Blockbuster page. Yes, um, yes. Okay. But you sent me a ton of pictures, and I actually just looked. Um, so, yeah, if, if you could send that photo, that'd be great. Yeah, I, totally. So that just stands out to me. Um, there was a time when this guy came in with a 90-pound Rottweiler that was his service dog. And this is before service dog issues really started being a problem, you know, where everybody's like, this is my service chihuahua. It's in my purse. Um, <laughs> he uh, peed on the candy in the line and i was like your dog is peeing on the candy and it was an un- unaltered male dog i'm like this isn't oh jesus this is a service dog. yeah and so um he got mad that we told him dude your dog's peeing on the candy rack and so he got mad and he left he didn't 
get his movies or anything. And then we had to throw a bunch of the boxes of candy away. <sighs> it was it was nuts. Uh, let's see what That's else. Wild. Uh, I've never had yeah. anything like that. <laughs> like that. We had. Did I tell you about the the blood trail? No. Wait. We had, no. we had a guy no. cut his hand with a utility knife, and we opening DVDs, and we saw the bloody knife on the ground, and followed the blood trail to the back corner where he was trying to like hide out so he could like make a run for it. Oh no! Mm-hmm. You found blood. That's yeah. Gross. And and my buddy Tim <laughs> found a uh, a used shell casing from a gun in the kids section. Oh, that's a weird thing to find. Yep. Really weird. Um, my last job when I was working, I worked for our animal control for our county for 18 years before I'm at the job I'm at now. And we had somebody cut their foot on a door because they wore flip-flops. And so we followed the blood footprint all the way up to the bathroom. And we went in and there was blood all oh, it's like he was flicking his foot everywhere. It got on the ceiling. Oh. It was all up on the walls. Yeah. And so because we deal with animals, we we're not janitors. We don't deal with the bathrooms or anything. That's a human hazard, not an animal hazard. So we don't deal with it. But they got one of the kennel people to go in and clean it up and he fell against the wall and got blood on his arm. And then it found out that the guy had AIDS. And so my coworker had to go in and get tested every oh. couple months to make sure he didn't contract AIDS from getting blood on him. Yep. That's why you I don't. Caramba. Yeah, wear gloves. We're always wear gloves if you have to deal with people blood and uh, use a lot of caution when cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Lessons you didn't expect to learn on the Talk Buster podcast. Exactly. Exactly. How, how to not get AIDS. <laughs> I uh, oh, when I left the store, um, I got to keep the backdrop for the Disney display. Mm-hmm. So it said like uh, Disney across the top, and it was this giant archway, and it went behind the kids' movies. And I got to keep that. It's up in my attic right now. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's about. It's the width of a a rack of movie. What did you call them last time? A bank of movies. No, sorry, um, bay. bay. A bay. Yeah, a bay of movies. Yeah, that's how wide it was because it fit right across the top. And I remember having to organize that section. Kids always messed it up <laughs> to try to put them in order. Uh, that's funny. Um, what else? Um, oh, they had asked me one time to do create combo packs because we were trying to sell candy with popcorn and a movie and sodas so i set up a display and i took photos and then randomized like the items that you get because they were going to print them out and then put you know dollar amounts on them and stuff like that and it ended up never happening but i had to spend the time to do it and it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of annoying that they didn't end up using them uh one of the main reasons why i wanted to work at blockbuster was because i wanted pre-streets <laughs> I wanted to see him oh, ahead yeah. of time before everybody else. And when they had the hire, I don't know if I said, see, I don't know if I said this last time when they had the hiring day at one of the other blockbusters, I went there and there was a ton of people applying to work because this was back when you had to fill out applications on paper and they didn't want to hire me because I was overqualified. I did mention this. And then the store manager of the one that I rented at all the time told them that I, they needed to hire me. And so that's how I how I got in. Um, I ended up working at a store that was that closed down three months after I started there. 
and then got transferred to the one I was at. And then I was lent out to two other blockbusters to cover a shift at um, two other ones. But they were it was weird working in a different store because by the time you get to know the store and everything, you don't go back there ever again. (laughs) And one of the stores I was in was in a pretty snooty city and it was really hard to upsell the people because you're a lowly cashier at a store oh yeah and when you upsell the rental pass or the rewards card or something they just they're like no and then that they don't want it and i was i couldn't sell i was top seller in my store number three in our district and i couldn't sell at this store to anybody it was nuts did you have a locked cage in the back for your pre-streets we we didn't put the pre-streets in a locked cage. Um, what we did is we we had them locked in the back room in another locked room off the okay. back room. But yeah. we had a locked we had a locked cage for all video games. So even the pre-street games went in that locked cage. And that okay. was um, yeah. Um it was it was sketchy. We used to we used to lock people in the cage. It was fun. <laughs> well, our cage was broken, so you could put the padlock on it, but it was like the the door of Jack Sparrow's <laughs> cell, where if you like lifted it, it would pop up and open. So <laughs> we could still get into it, even though the manager had a key and it was locked. There was one time I waited forever for this movie. It was called The Host. It was a Korean. Was it Korean? I love that movie. Okay, good. Yes. I love that movie Did too. You know, Bong Joo Kim who directed mm-hmm. Parasite, the movie that's up for all the yes. Oscars this year, made that. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I did run it. I did see that. I love the host, and I kept telling people, you need to see this movie. I had seen a clip of it at a horror convention in San Jose, and I, I was like, oh, man, I need to see this movie as soon as it comes out. And, oh, here it is as a pre-street. The manager went home. It's locked into the cage. No! I need this movie! So... We popped the door open. <laughs> I, it just I took takes it out a little leverage. <laughs> exactly. Um, we did have our games locked up. So they were, by the time I started working there, the games were just discs. We didn't have any cartridges or anything. I don't know how it was at your store, but um, it, was I, just, it was just discs. The last of the N64 games were going when I started. And the... Um, PlayStation 1 was kind of making its way scarce. We still had them. We weren't getting any more. I think I started right around the time PlayStation 2 came out. Um, But um, what was it? We had Game Boy games for Red still. Oh, Um, wow. Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Um, So we had all of our discs, including Blu-rays, in a a drawer behind the you know, behind us and we'd have to go through the drawer and find the disc or the game or whatever. And the first store I worked at that was at for three months, one of my coworkers, 17 year old girl, we got to see her on security, took every single disc and walked out of the store, all the games, every single game we had cleared out the drawer. And then she left and we, the cops were called because it's, that's a lot of money's worth of games. And she ended up going to like Vegas. She fled to Vegas and then never heard about it again. Wow. Yeah. Such a such a petty minor thing. To- yeah, exactly. Right. But you know, she's a you know, seventeen year old kid and she just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking, but she walked See? out of her job. Maybe she thought she was gonna sell them. 
you had mentioned being kind of a snooty town. Um, the the last blockbuster I ended up working in was in Swampskit. And Swampskit, Massachusetts is it's bit, so I grew up in Lynn and I live in Lynn now. And Lynn is a Lynn is a rough city. It's got some good parts, but it's it's fairly urban, fairly rough, very, you know, jam packed, commerce filled mm-hmm. city. Yeah. And um, Swampskit is basically the nice part of Lynn. And it just decided to call itself a different city. Um, so it's it's like the portion of Lynn that is on the ocean, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's a town, an island off of Swampskit called Marblehead. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the movie Manchester by the Sea. But yes. uh, Manchester yeah. by the yeah. Sea is supposed to take place in Manchester by the Sea, but it's mostly filmed in Lynn and Swampskit and Beverly. But that's a different story in and of itself. But Manchester by the Sea is a very similar kind of area to Marblehead. It's very upscale. Um, they don't have a lot of um, franchises or, you know, outside retail shops in there. But all of the swamps, all of the Marblehead folks rented at this video store in Swampskit, this blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And they had a tiny mom and pop video store that actually just this year closed finally. So they were doing great still after blockbuster called Chet's video. And all these people would do is they'd come in and complain that we were trying to put Chet's out of business. That's literally 90%. You'd have people in the line. <laughs> every person that came up would just remind you how awful you were because you're putting Chet's out of business while they were renting a stack of movies. It was really funny. It was really funny, but they were impossible to sell to, but this is funny, kind of a little um, insensitive too, but it was funny at the time is Mm -hmm. Marblehead and Swampskirt are filled. It's a very, very heavily Jewish area. And my, my last name is Chipman. And when they heard Chris Chipman, they just immediately thought Chapman or thought I was Jewish. So they would always have me try to push sales on the old Jewish ladies uh, that's funny. because they liked me. They thought I was one of them. <laughs> so they didn't think I was trying to uh, screw them over. And I thought that was hilarious. They'd go up, oh, um, you know, whatever. Miss Rosenthal just came in, go get Chipman. Yeah, one of <laughs> us, a- one of us. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was weird because we would just get, verbally assaulted by these people while they were still paying us. It was very strange. They're like, you're putting him out of business. Here's my money for this supply and demand thing that could put that company out of business. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, then why are you renting here? Oh, because Chet didn't have the new Transformers movie. I'm like, well, then there you go. Yeah. Like, oh, I was actually going to talk about that. Go for it. Um, Transmorphers. Woo! <laughs> I had to tell so many people, this is not Transformers. That's in the theater now. This is Transmorphers made by Asylum. For, for people who don't know, Asylum is a company that makes pretty much knockoffs of every movie that comes out that's a big blockbuster hit. They kind of re- retitle it, but it looks similar to it. Storyline's completely different. Has um, cheaper acting, cheaper special effects, but th- it does have a cult following. People still got them. I mean, and talk oh, about Asylum. it. I think Sharknado isn't yep. Sharknado Asylum. Yeah, they made like what five Sharknados. Asylum is Sharknado, and every single television show on the Sci-Fi Channel are all made by Asylum. Yeah, see, they're they're all over the place now. But back then, Transmorphers or um, I Am Omega when I Am Legend yep. came out with Will Smith or Snakes on a Train, like <laughs> they had so and, many. Atlantic Rim. I loved Atlantic Rim. That's one of their very best and very most terrible ones. With the Pacific Rim knockoff. Uh, Atlantic oh, yes. Rim. 
Atlantic Grim. And then they made the um, Avengers Grim. Avengers yep. Grim. Yeah, and it was like they had powers and stuff, but it wasn't like our Avengers, but it gets just people's attention and they buy it. So <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Do you remember all the Fast and the Furious knockoffs? Oh, yeah. Um, it was like the Furious and the Fast, the the fast, the fast, Faster and the Angry. <laughs> You're like, what is even happening right now? And then they had movies trying to to be just like them, like Redline. Redline? Yeah, Tor. I think it was. Wow, I haven't talked about these movies in a long time. It's because they're like B movies. They're not <laughs> they're not big. Nobody's seen them. Oh man. Yes, um yeah, Redline. I did I mention yep. that? Yeah, okay, Redline. Yes. Yeah. It's just weird to like have these movies out they exist out there but nobody nobody knows about them. <laughs> right, exactly. There's there's a ton of movies in existence. People just don't know that every single week there's 15 to 20 20 new releases that come out even though two of them were in theaters and they made a ton of money there's a lot of them i have 9800 movies in my collection at home right now um which is more than double what my actual blockbuster store had and i have not seen all of them i've only seen about a quarter of them but i have them and people are just like wow that's a lot of movies i'm like yeah you know one time netflix had like 90,000 movies for people to watch there's just a lot of stuff out there that people have no idea even exists right and now netflix is the catch-all for um for all of those you know old knockoff films yes um, that's the only place cause, you can see well because because when rental went away there you know asylum and them took a big hit um but uh you know the shelves were full of them were full yep. of them yep exactly well like right now with disney plus coming out and they're like, wow, we, there's a lot of stuff on here. I'm like, you do realize they only have like 16% of the amount of movies that Netflix has. Like Netflix yeah. still has a ton of stuff, which is weird because I, as soon as I got it and I went on looking up movies, I there's a lot on there that I want to see again that – I mean I have my DVD, but I'm not in a place like go find the disc and put it in and play it. Like I want to watch it now on my phone wherever I'm sitting. Oh, no, we don't have, you know, uh, flight – Fifty-seven, or yeah, it was flight. No, passenger, passenger fifty-seven with Wesley yep. Snipes. Yeah, like no, that's not on there right now. But you had murder at sixteen hundred. Like I want to see, I wanted to see Wesley Snipes from the nineties. <laughs> like give me the mall. So it's just can't yeah, give me it, the mall. It's like a toss-up. Like well, geez, now you got to look to see who owns the movie to see if you can even find it on, on there. Oh no, you're gonna have to look it up on HBO uh, Max or. Disney Plus or Netflix, depending on Hulu, depending on who has the rights to stream it, which is basically what cable is. You're going to have to get all of these apps to watch these movies just to be like cable. Yep. It was nuts. Did you ever have uh, people return the wrong movies to you? Like, this is this is Hollywood video. Why is this in here? Oh, oh, yes. We got Hollywood. We, we had Hollywood video, West Coast video. Um, video craze was a local chain and we had video thunder was another local chain and Chet's video. And we got them all That's um, so weird. like people read the sign. We're not red boxed. Why are you dropping this little disc in this little flimsy case into our Dropbox? Red we box also got same. people's people's personal stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did hear about that. <laughs> and it was almost always porn. Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. 
people are just weird. That was back in VHS days, though, right? Yes. Oh, I mean, we still had VHS. When, when I was there, we still had a large, large amount of VHS. Um, we had a... Uh, the, the thing that always... I don't know if I mentioned this in the last one. The thing that always was the weirdest is people would return the raunchiest stuff in kids' tapes. Ugh. And it just... It, it paints a terrible picture. Like, you... And it wouldn't be like a movie they rented. It wouldn't be like, oh, okay, so I rented, you know, um, Showgirls and The Little Mermaid, and I just happened to swap the tapes. It'd be like, yeah. this is something from your personal collection. It's <laughs> like, it, it, it's just so not right. Um, or, or also, from did, another did all, video store. Yeah. Did all of your kids' tapes smell like maple syrup? You know, I heard you talk about that, but um, I do recall the case. So when I started, the only VHS we had were like ones for sale from like box sets or whatever. It was all DVDs at that point. Um, oh. But yeah, the cases would be they'd have, they'd be sticky. We'd have to we had Windex and like paper towels up at the front so that we could clean them off. But I don't know what is up with. It. I guess they eat and they can put the discs in. And then when you open it and look at the disc, it's got like smear marks on it. So you got to clean the disc off because. People will call in and say, hey, our, the disc isn't working. Then they bring it into you and you look at it and you're like, well, it's got a smudge on it. You wipe it off on your shirt. You put it back in the case. Here you go. You could have done this yourself. Or someone complained they couldn't they couldn't play a disc, but it's because they were putting it in upside down with the label face down. Yeah. What is – I mean, come so, on, people. <laughs> so that, you, that, that I, I'm convinced – that children just secrete the smell of maple syrup in their spit because be. yeah. my son does not eat maple syrup. He's never had it, but I pick him up sometimes and he smells like maple syrup. Hmm. I That's can't so figure weird. it out. Maybe he's a, <laughs> maybe he hugs maple trees and <laughs> I have no idea. So, um, I don't know if you, this is something that just popped into my head that I've never talked about on here before. And so I'm because because it was a very short period of time, and I want to know if you dealt with it too. So you remember when Disney first came out with DVDs? Like they were late adopters to DVD. Yes, they I don't were. know. And I think Mulan was the first movie of theirs that was yeah. ever on DVD. And they made they had a special proprietary DVD format called Disney DVD. This wasn't just a marketing gag; it was special, and it read differently than other DVDs that had a special huh. security coding and all this, and. You know, all Blu-ray players, Blu-rays do this too. I don't know if you've, I, I have a non-internet uh, hooked up Blu-ray uh, player. Yeah. Um, so I have to like go and download firmware updates and put them on a, on a um, thumb drive to update my Blu-ray player, which is fine. It works. But um, DVD players never had this. So you literally, if you got a DVD that had some sort of proprietary thing and had a cheap knockoff DVD player or an older DVD player, after yeah. a while, it just wouldn't play them. And Disney DVDs were notorious for this. So people would come in and return them. This disc doesn't work. We'd have piles of them. And we finally found out the no, it's because Disney uses a proprietary format that like your off-brand DVD player just ain't going to deal with. That's so weird. I don't remember them doing that. What I remember when I started, we had the the battle between HD DVDs and Blu-rays. Yes. Yes, and I was like, wow, I like the color of the Blu-ray better than the maroon of the HD DVDs, and Blu-ray obviously won, and 
H we had HD DVDs for sale after that. We didn't have any for rent, and nobody wanted to buy them because there was no way for them to play them because they didn't get an HD HD DVD player. Kind of reminds that was me of so confusing to me, and I, I it was after I left, so I'd love to hear more in depth about how that went down. Because did HD DVD come out first? You know, I I don't remember. Um, it happened right before I started working there. So when I was there, we we had HD DVDs. But there was Blu-rays all over the place. Uh, but I remember when they first started coming out, and I'm like, oh, I don't want these. I have a DVD collection. You know, I don't want to have to start over. I just started getting DVDs after getting rid of VHS. Like, I don't have yeah. to start collecting movies again. I guess it was like that for people who bought Betamax and then VHS one. And they're like, yeah. well, we can't watch these anymore. So, <laughs> or, or Laserdiscs. Did you know the last Laserdisc came out in 2009? I did know that. Yeah, it was. They were still making them in Japan, just not here. I was like, "That's crazy," but because uh, it seems like an old technology. Like, who, who's going to play a, a DVD that's the size of a record and it's double sided, and you need two of them to watch a movie? Like, flip well, over guess, the disc. <laughs> I guess the outlook was um, when DVD came out, it actually reinvigorated the um, production of um, laser discs overseas because. Huh. Because um, what happened was laser discs from the beginning of their um, inception were creating extra content the way the DVDs have on them. So when you had a laser disc, you'd have like a making of or whatever. Yeah. So DVD, that wasn't a new thing. DVDs just said, okay, we can start putting all this stuff on it again. Um, and so because of that, because now there was a new business for making this extra content, they said it's kind of like, you know, pressing a record when you've already made the album at this point it's like oh well geez we're doing an old technology but the hipsters love it so we might as well start doing it again yeah. you know what i mean and, yeah yeah and, and it took off right and so um yeah it, it's it's kind of wild that most of the uh, old films uh, dvds are just putting old laser disc content on them that is weird I mean, Laserdisc's been actually been out since, for Disney at least, because that's my thing. Uh, May 1979 was when yeah. the first Laserdiscs came out. Um, they had uh, quite a few of them. And it's weird because they were like shorts. Like At Home with Donald Duck was one of them. Uh, the movie Kidnapped. And this stuff was like, they wanted, because what happened was Disney still wanted to release movies in theaters and make money. So they're like, well, we don't want to release our good stuff you know, for people to rent because we want people to go to the theater. So when they started releasing like VHS, um, their first movie to come out was Pete's dragon to VHS and Betamax in 1980. And that was three years after it came out in theaters. Yep. And it's just cause they wanted to make money. It, 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 a lot of it right now is a lot like frozen two and all these groups. I mean, they're like, Oh yeah, frozen two is coming out. It, you know, like next week or when's it going to be on Disney plus it's like people, they're not going to release Frozen 2 straight to Disney Plus. Do you know why? Nope. They want to make money selling DVDs and Blu-rays. Then they'll give it to you for free on Disney Plus six months or a year down the road. Yes, they will. That's how it's going to work. And I had said that in a group, and they're like, no, it's not free. We pay for it. You pay $7.99 for a month, and you can watch 100 movies. That's divided yeah. down. You're paying $0.10 cents a movie. Like Right. <laughs> Right. It, it, it's it's that's why you create your own streaming service. So you don't have to get with the times and put your shit out right when it comes out like Disney had to do with their Netflix deal. They can now go, oh, yeah, you'll get it. Don't worry, you'll get it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just have to pay. Um, one of the movies that was dropped off to our store that was wrong was um, Gabriel Iglesias' um, uh, Hot and Fluffy. Yeah. Okay, I had no idea who he was. And oh no! It was just. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was, and so it. Oh, it, I could see that going a, wrong. Yeah, well, it just it came in a box. It, it was in an actual DVD case. You know, it had no stickers on it. It was somebody's personal movie that they bought at the store. And so there's no way for us to get a hold of anybody like, oh, here, Hollywood video. We have one of your videos here. No, this is we have no idea who dropped it off. So it just sat in a cabinet for a long time. But then at night when we lock up, we would play it because then we can listen to it while we're putting movies on the shelf. And I was like, Gabriel Iglesias is hilarious. And I started looking up all of his other stuff. Um, and then it just started this whole thing. Nobody thought to do this. They'd put movies on. I was like, put up stand-up comedy because then you can listen to it while you're putting movies away. If you put on a movie, you keep wanting to look at the screen to see what's going on, but not with yep. stand-up. So we worked our way through like George Carlin and any anything that wouldn't be appropriate to put on with people there. So – I got to listen to a lot of stand-up comedy at night, putting these movies away. It was great, but that's where I discovered I discovered uh, Gabriel Iglesias, and I've been listening to him ever since. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a riot. That guy. Oh, he's yeah. actually playing playing around here this weekend, I think. Oh, that's I cool. Yeah, I wanted to see him in person, like eventually. What got me on listening to him was he started telling jokes when he went to Disneyland. And yeah. how he went down Splash Mountain. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. And then it's just, and it, he does sound effects and voices. And so I just started, I just, I yeah, he's, he's, he's just a total riot. And he seems like an, uh, a really, really nice guy. And that's, that's something that I, I really like is, you know, his whole shtick is that you're getting the same guy. You yeah. Know, you see up here. Yeah, and exactly. I, and, I like that. and he said, if you ever see him in person, come up and say hi. He likes meeting fans. Whereas a lot of celebrities don't, you know, they just want, you want to, they want to be left alone. You know, I'm here to eat dinner or whatever, but he's like, yeah, come up and say hi. And he'd love to meet people. And that's good. Did you ever, did you ever hear his story about, um, he, cause he has a, I guess he has a stepson. Yes. Is that it? it the story about, um, when he went on Snoop Dogg's podcast. <laughs> yeah. <it> smoked weed. <laughs> that. Yeah. That is, it's just so funny because he's like, this is one of those times where as a father, you have to ask yourself, okay, this isn't something I like to do necessarily. And I have my child with me, but this is Snoop Dogg. <laughs> like you kind of have exactly. to, <laughs> how much trouble am I going to get in for this? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just always, he's just so genuine. It's like, that is just a genuine, like, this is the exact thought process that would go through anybody's head. Yeah, exactly. am I a bad father? If <laughs> he has this new show out called Mr. Iglesias, and he's a school yes. teacher, it's like it's him playing a school teacher. It's not like he's a character. It's him. Like that's how he is, and it's just it's hilarious because you know that that's him. That's he's playing himself. So it's it's just great. It's a funny show. I've only seen like half of it. I need to finish it, but it's a good show. Um. Did you like doing inventory at your store? I, I did, actually. I liked it because um, it was a big camaraderie thing. Like, we would we would make sure we did it on a night when it was, like, a really busy Saturday. So all the stuff would be basically out 
So the customers did most of the inventory for you. Um, and, um, we would get, you know, we would do the gumball machine the week before. So we'd get an hour's boost and just put everybody on. So it would go really fast. And we'd, um, we'd a blockbuster isn't around anymore. So I can say this, we would fill up the soda machine with beer and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, um, do inventory and put on, um, Kevin Smith movies or stand up comedy, like you said, or, um, Oh brother, Oh brother, where art thou was another favorite inventory movie. Cause it's, it's just such a, um, such a sound based movie, you know? Um, we had so much fun. Uh, Inventories were great. Purchased inventories were terrible. I hated those. Purchased is that when you the the, the, the for sale stuff because because yeah. you usually combined them, but sometimes they'd separate them, and it was the who's going to scan all the bags of Skittles? Chris. Oh man, uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we did it, it wasn't just us from our store. We had usually like two employees, a manager, and then like two or three people came from like corporate or something and they brought the computers and we had to have the guns that we were using to scan everything had a a 200 foot you know like phone cord attached to it and you had to drag it around and oh that it was that was annoying but it was just weird because we didn't know these people and they come in and they're all serious we're here to do inventory and so you couldn't really be yourself and put we couldn't have anything on for that so there was no videos on oh that sounds like the worst yeah, so I got stuck doing that. I think I did it like twice, two or three times, but I was like, I don't really like this. <laughs> we had to do we had to do one like that. We had to go help do an inventory in a troubled store. Yeah. And um so like they put like 20 people on and they had a, a district leader there who was running it and that was brutal. It was quiet and they were like every 10 minutes would print a report and go through cuz this store was being um audited for employee employee theft yeah basically and so it was it was bad and they had like the store manager there and go so why are there 20 copies of this movie that just came out missing they're like oh (laughs) this is awkward (laughs) (laughs) wow that's crazy but Um, we mostly we we our store had really good numbers so we were kind of left to our own devices and we um inventory just became a party and we'd all go out we'd usually do it and then go go out to denny's so the, after the denny's yeah. yeah i heard you guys talking about that <laughs> and so it, it's said, great yeah go ahead what? go ahead go ahead no go oh, ahead i was gonna Sorry. say it it's a great place to meet people like i run into people who i saw from my blockbuster days and my last day there was the, our recording of our first episode from 10 years before so it's been 10 years since I've been there and I still run into people. I actually met, I met two girls at Blockbuster as customers that I ended up dating for a while. Um, one I was with for, geez, over a year. And then another one uh, just for a couple months. But, oh, and I, I coworker, I went out on dates with a coworker too. So yeah, it's a great place to meet people. <laughs> I still have yeah, contact I, with all of them too. <laughs> I met my wife there. Yeah, see, you meet great people there. And I, one of the girls I met in the drama section, I should have taken that as a clue, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't remember what I met her on. <laughs> and she's, what is she's holding? Um, oh God, what would be a terrible, a terrible uh, red flag? Um, I don't know. Um, single, single white female and decent proposal. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, or what's that one with Kathy Bates? Um, oh, God. The, the author. Oh, what's that called? When he's in a car uh, accident. Misery. Keeps misery. Yeah, Misery. Yes. Misery. <laughs> oh, oh, you like this movie? Okay. <laughs> Audition. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, exactly. That's, yes. <laughs> that's the one I was, I, I went out with for a year. I went to Disneyland a couple times, too. Um, fun times. <laughs> I used to take, I'd go out with girls and I'm like, hey, you want to go to Disneyland? And then we just go to Disneyland for the weekend. It's kind of and they've the like thing never, actually, never been. <laughs> it's kind of the thing I'm actually in love with. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. Uh, no, but yeah. no, that's I mean, I think that's the, you know, when you're when you're a super geek about something, you got to be yeah. upfront about it. Um, but that anyone listening, if you're in a relationship, don't try to hide the stuff that you're into. Yeah, it, uh, it, it it defines you. It doesn't mean you don't have to be with somebody that's like all about it like you are. Like, <laughs> but yeah. if they if they don't understand that part of you is into that, it, it'll it it's just not as fun. Uh, you know, I uh, I try not to hide the fact that I'm, you know, a super geek about movies and I, you know, I do these silly podcasts and, you know, I'm sure it annoys my wife from time to time. But <laughs> <laughs> but she knows that it makes me happy it so it's 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 part of it yeah and you have to be this day and age it's not you can say oh i'm a total movie nerd i love sci-fi stuff i'm a huge star wars marvel comic book whatever but back when i was growing up like you weren't oh, a nerd yeah. nerd was like you nerd and that's like a bad thing but now like everybody's a nerd in some way like it, that's just how it is. So I can say like, I'm, I'm, I'm a dis I'm a Disney geek, you know, like that's, I'm an adult, I'm 40 now and I love Disney stuff. That's just how it is. I mean, I got into it years ago, but I've written two books about it and I like the movies and the history of everything. And some people like it, some don't. One of my exes, the reason why we're not together anymore is because she got sick of me talking about Disney stuff all the time when I'd have book signings and, I'd be around people and I'd get off on these tangents about Disneyland yeah. for an hour and she'd have to hear the same stuff. So it may sound like when I'm talking to you like, oh, wow, this guy really knows this stuff. Well, the stuff I'm talking about right now, I've said a lot to people. So I have the the actual wording and stuff down pat because I, I use it a lot. It's when I start to talk about different things in Disney that I don't talk about all the time where I'm having to think about, well, what year did this happen? Really? I don't remember. I'd have to say, I, I think it started or I'd have to reference my book because there's just so much stuff in there. I don't have it memorized or anything, but she just couldn't, she's just, just one of her complaints was it's just too much Disney stuff. The, the last time, my last trip to Disneyland while we were together, I didn't even, I didn't even take her. I went with one of my friends. He and I went down there. Oh. And there was th three of us that met up and, it was like a guy's trip, but yep, that's it. You got it. You have to share your, your fandom with the person you're with. Otherwise, you know, it's just either annoying to them or you're having to drag them along to conventions that they don't really want to go to right. or whatever. And, and, and be honest with each other. It's like, you know, if, if you yes. know, the, if you know the other, per and, and I hate to bring up something that's so, so personal. So I'm sorry about that. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, you know, there's no perfect solution to sometimes you just, someone just can't deal with you know it, it gets gets too much but you know communicate that communicate that you don't like it too <laughs> yeah exactly if you do then it could be like cool then we find a compromise where i have time to do this thing you know yeah, yeah exactly <laughs>
I mean, I went out with this one girl in the late 2000s, and she found me on on MySpace because I had MySpace then. It was before Facebook. Um, she found in common was Disney, and that's how we started going out was because we had Disney in common. So right there, you already know, <laughs> like this will be good. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, fun times. But I'm married now. Um, I got remarried, and uh, this one really congratulations likes to that. Too. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, we're coming up on our two year anniversary. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Oh, we're actually going to San Francisco tomorrow because it's um, it's our three years since I proposed. So we're going back to the Japanese tea gardens where I proposed to her. Um, oh, that's a beautiful place. Well, okay. So her favorite movie is Beauty and the Beast, and so I sculpted a rose out of clay, um, and then I I made a marble base. Okay, it was wood. I painted it to look like marble, and I put a glass dome over it so it looked just like the rose from Beauty and the Beast, and the base swiveled open on magnets with the ring inside it. And so we were there and it was all it was, her birthday is also at the end of January. And so we're like, oh, wait, here's your birthday present. And she was opening it and she's like, wow, this is so cool. I'm like, yeah, I made it. You made this? Yes, <laughs> I made it. the whole thing. It looks just like a rose. And, and I was like, but wait, that's not all. And so I swiveled the base open and I got down on one knee. She started crying. I was recording the whole thing. I gave, you know, I proposed to her and. It was, it was very lovely. <laughs> so, so I normally, I've, I've started not sharing my proposal story because I always feel bad because I'll yeah. like, some guy will go, I have a really cool proposal story and I'll tell mine first and they kind of go, damn it. But yours is really freaking good. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's been, uh, it was on YouTube. I have it on YouTube, but I'll post it in things when people are talking about, proposals at disneyland and stuff and i proposed to my first wife at disneyland so i couldn't repeat that so of course <laughs> i had to do i had to do something different <laughs> so did i did uh, i tell you about mine yeah. on our last one uh no uh i don't think so unless you said uh, it on another okay how did I, you, I have how did you... i have but i'll but i'll tell it real quick just to let you know that i i am like bowing to the awesomeness of yours um but i was <laughs> i was very pleased with mine uh, my brother is a is a Boston area film critic and does videos online, and we have played movies that we've made before, like in local theaters. So yeah. I came up with this idea that I was gonna make a movie trailer to propose to her, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. I said, but that's cool, but what do I do with it? And then I'm like, oh, I'll ask Cinema Salem. We've played movies there before, and they were like 100% into it. And I'm like, all right, so how do I get her there? How do I get her there and ever be surprised? And I'm like, well, we helped Bob make this movie, this this show for his for the internet, and it's really popular. I'm gonna go. Bob's gonna show it in the theater, and it'll make sense to her because we've shown stuff there before. He needs us to go check it out and make sure the aspect ratio and everything looks good. And yeah, he's gonna meet it. us at the theater and then take us out to dinner. We get to the theater and the people working there were in on it and everything. They come out and go, sorry, Bob Chipman just called and said he can't make it, but he said you guys would be here to check it out. So just let him know how it looks. We'll play it for you. So that way I was in full control. I got in and goes, okay, could you play Bob's video now? And my thing played instead. Nice. And then That's while awesome. we're in there, I had friends and family show up in the lobby. So when we came out, they were all there to like applaud it and everything. Which That's is cool. cool. That's yeah. really neat. So, there, so I tell people that and they go, That's great. And I go, Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, well, I, you know. I, I, I pretended that, you know, I was hurt. And then my wife came to the hospital and I'm like, all these things are really funny, 
but it's like yours is you put in so much time and effort into that. That's so cool. Yep. That, that is the, and to be different is really tough to do now, especially with the internet giving you ideas on what to do. And then you're just copying people. Like when I see people post their pictures, I got proposed to in front of the Disneyland castle. Yeah. You and a half a million other girls do it differently. Cause I've actually had people ask me, where should I propose at Disneyland? And I go, not in front of the castle. Do it by yeah. the wishing well. Do it in front of her favorite attraction. Um, I actually saw a video of a, um, it's called a gorilla wedding, and they got married in the tiki room, super secret, and then they ran out because Disney doesn't allow that. Of so, course. Yeah, it's you just be different. Be try to be different. There's a, a video going around. This guy actually hired an animator to reanimate the ending of Sleeping Beauty, and they were at a theater watching it and all of a sudden the characters were a little different in his it's his girlfriend's favorite movie and everybody in the theater were all people that he found on reddit to come in and just be fake guests in the theater and all of a sudden it proposed and someone tossed the ring to him from over the back of the screen and he caught it and he got down on one knee and she started crying because that's how the the movie led into it but he had to hire an animator to do all that. And it's like, this is really cool. It's different. It's different than everybody else. So you have to be different. Yeah, you do. Because that, that's what we said about, about our wedding, too. We got married in an old movie theater. Oh, that, like, that's happened, cool. That happened to have a rental venue like attached to it that they started renting for weddings that year. We were the first people to get married there. Yeah. You know? And it's like, all right. And so we got married in an old theater on the stage. You know, um, I played the trailer that I had cut for her on the screen before the, before the wedding started, you know, and, and, and all that. So it's like, it was really cool. And um, what I, what people said is, goes, why did you do this? And I go, here's the deal. We're already together. We've been together for, I think, 10 years at that point when we got married. You know, yeah. there's no, it needs, it needs to be a big, meaningful thing or what's the point? It doesn't change anything. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's not like it's not like back in the day where it's oh now my parents are going to let us live together, you know. It's because <laughs> because it's official, you know. There's there's no like there's no societal thing stopping us from being living together and you know having a life together. So what does it change? Exactly. So we we made it be a big deal. Good. I yeah. I was a groomsman in one of my friend's weddings. He got married in an old theater, had never had a wedding in it, but it also had a stage because it was that old of a theater. And yep. he had a Pirates of the Caribbean Star Wars wedding. So ah! <laughs> when they walk down off the stage, they um, – oh, what's that? You know where they, you go underneath the swords where they have the guy – they cross swords and you walk under them? So yep. one side was, was pirates and the other side was Jedi, and then they walked under the swords. But the swords and the lightsabers. What was cool is he made his own his own tuxedo from scratch with no pattern, um, and it was it looked kind of like a pirate pirate themed tuxedo. It was really cool. But he went above and beyond to make it completely different than other weddings. And so yeah. that's what you got to do: make make things different, be your own thing, use stuff that you're into, and it'll be better than what you and other people expect. Exactly. Yeah, I have. Um, I had a special way that I answered the phone at my. I was. My, uh, that's the next thing my eyes were looking well, at on your list. Here. Okay, so <clears throat> let's see. People would would call in the phone. Are we gonna answer it? <laughs> let me hold on. Let me stop laughing. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Thank you for calling Bailey Road Blockbuster for a list of new releases. Please press one. 
And then <laughs> people would hit the number one on their phone. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm just kidding. It's Superman. Because as I said in my last one, that was my name in the store. And everybody just called me Superman. And <laughs> they'd start laughing. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was you. And and stuff. Anyway, I always answer the oh, phone like that. awesome. <laughs> they called it my movie phone voice. Actually, I got to. Phone voice. Yeah, I got. I actually got to use that. I was in a rap CD, and I wasn't. I, I wasn't rapping. I have no idea. I'm not. I. Uh-uh, that's not me. But this local rapper asked me to do the tracks between his tracks, and so I played a, a news reporter, and so I was. I was interviewing him like this. So, what do you think? The blah 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 blah. Don't remember my lines, and so that I was on a rap CD for that. With that voice, and I thought that was it was fun. It, I got to go to his recording studio, and it was neat. That's awesome. <laughs> I met him because he worked at Blockbuster with me. He was a customer, and then he started working there, and then then he left, and he became a rapper, a local rapper. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's big or not. I'm not into rap, so I don't follow it. <laughs> hey, you were on the CD. That's that's immortalization, man. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just like this show. Yes, and these these episodes are going to be around forever. Forever, people can listen to them whenever. I listen to them on my commute, so <laughs> that's what I do too. I've this. Uh, it, it's funny, man. I I never thought I never even listened to podcasts before I got into doing them, and now I it's all I listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like road trips, I used to listen to audiobooks or I'd put songs on a thumb drive because once you're driving you go out of range of your favorite radio station yep. and and now it's just like oh just stream the podcast and i got into it because i was listening to this disney podcast called the sweep spot and it was by these two custodians who worked in disneyland right. and they have 20, 24 years combined did i tell that last one yeah I but it's I, oh. I know you'll probably have something new to say about it it fascinates me so yeah keep oh, going. Totally fun. Yeah. And so I listened to them tell stories about them working in the park. And then I just started discovering other other podcasts like Skywalking Through Neverland or yep. Oh, do you have you do you listen to them? Yeah, I'm on their uh I got invited into their page um, oh, by Shame, actually. By yeah. Shame, yeah. I um he got into it because I was interviewed on their podcast about my book. I met them at the D23 Expo, and they're like, oh, we want you to be on our show. And that's when I got into their show. And then Shamim, they call him the the bounty hunter. Yes. Uh, the skywalking through Neverland bounty hunter because he can just find anybody and bring he them to the show. Has, <laughs> he has an uncanny. Because when, when he started talking to me, he's like, you know, I, 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 I fashion myself kind of a, uh, you know, like a person like helps, like, you know, I could recruit someone for your show. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like who? And then he started naming names and I'm like, really? He goes, Oh yeah. He goes, I just, you know, he, he said, because of, you know, his, his disability and things he's found, you know, very comfortable just walking up to people and saying, hi, um, yeah. you know, speak, um, yeah. and, and, you know, he said he, you know, because, uh, you, you as a, as an everyday person, you know, it's just very uncomfortable to just go up to someone and be, goes, you know what? I, I want to meet this person. I'm just going to try. And he goes, I have this crazy network of people now. And I'm like, that, that's amazing. Shameen. Yes. He, he, I just saw a video of him last night on stage playing the guitar with John Stamos and two of the beach boys. 
Isn't that amazing? He said oh, that a, a little while ago. It's the coolest <laughs> thing. He's, yeah. he's seriously the nicest guy. And I, and I can imagine why, like, you know, it takes a certain character trait too. you know, people won't just go, oh, OK, well, um, you know, this this guy has a story, so I'm going to talk to him. It takes being a really nice guy. And he's just such a nice guy. and He's so he easy is. to talk to. Yeah. And, and he goes, that's exactly it. the the filters gone for not filter. What's it called? The you know, whatever you feel that holds you back from going up and just talking to the celebrities or messaging them on Facebook or finding yeah, their he's email. Got a- He's got a life's too short for that crap mentality. So I'm just going to try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> and it gets some places. It gets some places. And well, but it also, it also gets in places, but not in like a, like you look at some people that use their networking for like nefarious means. It's yeah. all for positive things. He's got these positive stories and positive meet and greets and that awesome signature poster. And yes. He's just and he, and he brings communities of people together. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're talking, right? <laughs> exactly. Know? Totally. And, yeah. And he finds the links between people and puts them to like he puts people face to face. He's he's not in it for selfish reasons is is the best way to put it. He wants to like just make people happy, and it's yeah. it's really yeah. good. Exactly. Because that's my whole approach to this. <laughs> so I I share his need to just make the world a happier place yeah i mean i meet people too but not not nearly on the scale as him exactly like exactly. He'll start, oh i met this person i'm like who's that and i go on imdb and look them up i'm like oh my god they're the ones that were the writers for these these movies and directed this movie and i'm like i had no idea that that's who that was and oh they met with he met with them got their photo and an autograph and i'm like that's cool <laughs> well he's he's been he's been an inspiration because i started you know just doing i like i'll just tell this person it would be a dream to have them on my show and a few times it's actually worked they've been like oh yeah i'd love to do a podcast and i'm like what <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> it, right. it's cool i mean i'm i met uh c andrew nelson so he was darth vader for lucas for 12 years at a convention and we have Shamim in common. And so I was able to find him on Facebook and now he and I are friends and I actually did uh, my Darth Vader pin with him. Like I did design the pin and on the back, it gives information about him as Darth Vader. And then he signed them all for me. So I have an awesome Darth Vader pin that he signed um, in my, on my Etsy shop too. But yeah, he's, and he's cool. And, it's just meet tons of tons of people and that's what i like about these conventions specifically because because i have my book out and i'm there first thing before you know people come in and the celebrities there see you as another vendor like them they're there to sell autographs and you're at the table next to them selling your book with your autograph in it and so you get to talking to people and that's how i met keith coogan who was the voice of todd in fox and the hound and he was in adventures and babysitting and don't tell mom the the babysitter's dead and uh um just like all, all these other movies and he loves disney fun facts and so we traded i gave him one of my books and he gave me some autographed pictures and i'm at uh jim cummings the voice of yeah. tigger and Pooh, the firefly and razul from aladdin and 168 other characters for disney and i was just at this convention and i turned and he was standing right next to me oh my god jim cummings you're my favorite like I tried to get in the voice acting and I had a picture of you along with some other voice actors up 
in my audio or my sound booth so I could like for inspiration. I said other voice actors because I didn't want to be creeped out that I had just a picture of him up. But there was other voice actors there and he was really cool. I got to take a picture with him and there's just so many people that you meet going to conventions or you know, once you meet somebody it kind of snowballs. And with Shamim, it snowballs. So you meet Shamim, and then you meet other people. And because you meet him and other people, you meet more people and more people and more people. Exactly. I was I was happy to help um because he he both helped and I helped him get in touch with the Bend Blockbuster people. Um, and they did his big like birthday thing he did there. So it was you know um kind of helping like you know smooth the road for him to get over there you know what i mean because you know who he he comes on very strong and um you know it it ended up being a really good thing for him and he donated a bunch of stuff for their museum they have there and all that stuff so it's really cool that's really neat i need to find my old gift cards that are no longer valid for blockbuster and send those to him because i think he would like I think he would like them more than I do. They're in a junk drawer. Somewhere. I think he would love them. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted he wanted my name tag and my blockbuster card, and I'm like, mm, I'm I'm gonna keep those. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I, I collect stuff like that too, but you know, gift cards really aren't doing anything for me. So I wish when I was a store manager, I had a business card there. Like I didn't. I was a store manager for such a short period of time when it was like a stand-in manager that they never gave me business cards, but that would have been a cool thing to have to give out. Yeah. Like, hey, look at this. You know, you can still have them made up. I mean, Vistaprint's really cheap. Well, Just I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do that for this show and make it look like a Blockbuster um, yeah. business card. <laughs> That'd be so cool. What, yeah, is, Dish Network, is Dish Network going to come knock on my door? Right. <laughs> Well, it's, it says Talkbuster, not Blockbuster, so... That's true. <laughs> yeah, when you guys were talking in another episode about the commercials with the animals in the pet store across the street, and I totally uh, remember yes. those commercials. I was like, I love those commercials. I forgot all about them. <laughs> Did you hear the part where I said that the gumballs in my gumball machine still had their faces on them? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys have free rentals for your gumballs, or was that just me thinking that we did with they like did that in some stores but ours didn't okay, like a black one us. yeah well, ours it, it would be stamped with a star yeah and then they would turn the gumball in or they'd have to eat it or whatever in front of us and then we'd give them a free rental <laughs> i don't know whatever yes. happened to them yes oh. eat that gumball <laughs> yeah it's all stale that, that's from when gumballs were invented <laughs> I wouldn't want one. <laughs> By the time you get down to the bottom, you're like, there's like 40 gumballs left. Yeah, that means they've been in there for a long time. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. They're all like they're all like sun damaged and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one side of our store got sun and the other side didn't. And so like the displays and everything on that side of the store were all faded. And on the other side, they weren't. <laughs> Our kids' section and kids' sale stuff were all in the window that got all the sun. So every single kids' movie was faded to the point where, like, you could barely see the cover art anymore. And oh. The old the, the toys that were, like, you know, a brown teddy bear was now, like, tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you go to Blockbuster, you don't think of being able to buy all that stuff. You just think movie rentals. Exactly. So, like, when... I was a customer. I never bought stuff there. I only went in, swapped out my two discs, my two VHS tapes, and then moved up to discs. When eventually what happened was I was going in to swap out my VHS and they're like, oh, 
Uh, this movie's only available in DVD, and that's when I ended up switching over, which is good. They take up a lot less space than VHS tapes do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a movie theater in my house. I think I'd mentioned that to you. Um, you you did mention it, and um, I, I'd like to hear more about it. I've, okay. I've, been, seeing you, I've been seeing you post pictures of, yes. of it. Okay, so I, when my ex-wife and I were looking for a house, we were looking to see like which one's going to be the movie theater and we wanted to be able to put a bunch of chairs in it for people to come and watch movies and when i was working at blockbuster my manager you one of my managers used to work at best buy and he was at a convention or whatever for them and he won a projector but he doesn't need a projector so i bought this brand new projector off of him for 500 bucks which retailed for 1300 dollars at the time projectors are way cheaper now but I hooked it up in my living room. I got a whiteboard for the wall from Tap Plastic that had like a slight grain to it so it wouldn't reflect like a mirror. And I lined up old sofas and I could fit 12 people in my old living room and we'd watch movies on the wall. And awesome. So, yeah. So in our new house, we're like, we need one an actual theater and found a perfect house. It used to be a family room and I bought theater seats that used to belong to the Brendan Movie Theater out here by us. And I bought 19 of them. And had them all cleaned up, and I bolted them to, onto two by sixes, and so I can seat twenty-one people in my theater because I also got a a theater futon because I have some friends who can't fit in the theater chairs. So of course, <laughs> no, of something course, bigger in the back. Yeah, so I can seat twenty-one people, and we'd have movie nights, and I would have it full. My first one was a Star Wars movie night. Twenty-one people all sitting there watching Star Wars on an eight-foot-wide screen, and I have a snack bar in there and a surround sound. My Xbox 360 is hooked up to it. Um, I rented it out for birthday parties to like friends and stuff, and kids love it. It's great. It's a fun time, and that's where we watch movies. And usually, it's like prepping for things coming out. So, like when like John Wick three was coming out, we watched the first two. Or yeah, it started getting tough for the Marvel movies because oh, we can't sit here for two and a half days to watch these. So we would watch like when the new Avengers came out, we just watched the Avenger movies beforehand rather than all of the mcu movies and yeah it's fun fun times and i like showing people pictures i'm like yeah i have a movie theater in my house like a like a room with chairs no look check this out drop down screen i made balances for my windows i have a giant exit sign this poster's all over it it's really cool i even painted it so that's like an old time theater that's the dream right there that's what yeah. that is and a snack bar has a mini fridge in it i have a candy machine there's like uh shelves that have box candy on it I have an actual bar with alcohol that's in my dining room though, but I have lights all over it. It's got a mirror on it. It has a, a bar top. There's like, there's at least 45, 50 different bottles on it. They all have pour spouts. It's fun. It's a fun time in my house. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> but like I got the, I'm going to have to I come by the, and, and hang out. <laughs> come by and Not hang just out. for your oh. movie theater. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> we I, I got this new job i work at a refinery now and i am working six days on three days off 12 hour shifts but with a little bit of overtime every shift and then traveling to and from work i'm gone for almost 14 hours every single day if i'm working day shift or night shift so i don't haven't had time to have movie nights i had two and i've been there for nine months now and so it's uh. kind of sad because i i used to have them like every other week so people message me, hey, when are you going to have your next movie night? I don't know. Sorry. Like, schedule is kind of crazy right now. So, yeah, I like movies. 
<laughs> uh, me, me too, dude. We could go on forever. I, I realize yet again we've gone on for almost an hour and a half, which is good. Um, you got to go back to work. <laughs> I have to go back to work, but um, again, you know, think up more stories. Come back on, man. I, I love having you on. Definitely. What I'll do is finish listening to your other episodes because I've only listened to like three of them. And then when you guys talk about something, oh, that reminds me. And then I can talk about it. Exactly. No, no you're, right you're going to be a regular. I enjoy talking to you, dude. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. So um, if anybody wants a copy of my Disney book, it has over 3,700 fun facts in it about Disneyland and Disney movies or my fantasy pins. I've done over 80 so far. Just go to my website, DisneyGuy.org, and I'll send you the link to that. Yes, please. And send me the uh, Jack Sparrow picture. Yes, definitely. I'm going to do it right now. All right, man. Thank you very much, Josh, for making it a Talkbuster day or night. And thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you all again soon. Bye.